We meet today in Isaiah chapter 32, the coming king, the coming tribulation, and the coming spirit. This chapter is a bright knot between the fifth and the sixth woes. It is a ray of light to God's people in a dark place in that day. And in that day refers to the day of the Lord, the great tribulation, but that begins and ends with the millennium. It has been some time since the person of the king has been before us, but we find him introduced again at this point, for there can be no millennium or blessing to this earth without him, without the king, no kingdom without the king. The king who shall reign in righteousness is Christ himself. The prophet foresees a time when government will exist that is totally characterized by righteousness and justice. Such a description does not fit even Hezekiah, the best of Judah's king. Rather, Isaiah sees a much greater day coming when the godly character of Judah will be as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. This will be a time when the ignorant will understand knowledge. He also sees a time of complete national conversion when the Spirit will be poured upon us according to the promise, the prophecy of Joel chapter 2 verse 28. The king who is to reign in the kingdom. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness and the princes will rule with justice. Isaiah 32 verse 1. This verse projects into the kingdom age. The king here is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The character of his reign is righteousness. The world has never had a kingdom like this so far. But when he has come, it, he will reign in righteousness, justice, and peace. A man will be as a hiding place from the wind and a cover from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Isaiah 32, verse 2. The Lord is not only king here, he is also a savior king. He bore the winds and the tempest of the judgment of sin for us, he is a rock for our protection. He was set before us in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 4 as everlasting strength or the rock of ages as in the Hebrew Yah. This is another aspect of his ministry under the figure of the rock. He is a place for hiding for believers in our day also not only in that day of the millennial kingdom, but we can also hide in him today. The eyes of those who see will not be dim, and the ears of those who hear will listen. Isaiah 32, verse 3. In other words, there will be spiritual understanding which will be given to Really, all of God's people, they will be understanding. Today, people don't understand spiritual things. But a day is coming when those things will be so clear. 
First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 12 tells us, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. True spiritual values will then be ascertained and made obvious. And that which should have top priority will have top priority. Today, our moral values are gone. In Africa, we have lost the sense of moral values today. Our schools have embraced the evolutionary theory which makes man an animal. And they are teaching this to our children. Yet someone ought to awaken someone and say, Actually, the evolutionary theory is simply a theory that will be piled away with the other theories of the world. It is not a fact. As a result, moral values are not taught. If you advocate law and order and a high state of morality, you are considered a square, you are considered a big number, and somehow not as smart as are the sophisticated and clever crooks. Therefore, the feeling is, let's not listen to that old stuff. And the old stuff is the truth of the word of God. My friend, the Bible tells us that the earth and everything in it will pass away, but the word of the Lord will abide forever. Well, the old stuff is going to be the future stuff also, because the earth will have a king reigning in righteousness. Righteousness and justice and truth are not old stuff, my friend. Now in the kingdom, the moral values will come back into place. I cannot wait for it. It is wonderful to be in the kingdom. The foolish person will no longer be called generous, nor the miser said to be bountiful. Isaiah 32 verse 5. Now the prophet here sees a day when people will not only know the teaching about God, for that was true in the prophet's own time, but when morality shall be based upon spiritual knowledge, it will also be a time when all immoral societal evaluations shall be reversed. For example, the foolish person shall no longer be called generous. In our day, a foolish person is called maybe liberal. In that day, a foolish person will no longer be called liberal because he will be seen for what he really is. He is a villain. And his heart will work iniquity. The human heart is desperately wicked. Everything in that future day will be seen in its true colors. There will be no false values. Every man will be seen for what he is. There will be no putting on a friend or assuming what they are not. The mask of hypocrisy will be removed in that day. Of course, this of course applies to everyone, not only to Christians, but the biggest hypocrites are actually not in the church. They are all those who pretend to be something they are not. All of this will take place when the king comes, who will reign in righteousness. Because the liberals especially the liberal theologians who have diluted what the word of God to reduce it to simply talk of the social reforms. While you are ignoring the ills that are in the heart of people, 
even covering your own sins. God will rule and judge in righteousness, justice, and truth. The preceding time of trouble, we needed to talk about it. You see, before Christ the King comes to reign, there will be a time of trouble, which will be called the Great Tribulation. Again, the prophet turns his attention to the careless women who are at easy in Judah. Thus, he issues a stern warning to the worldly-minded society women of Jerusalem. The devastation of war could plunge them into utter poverty. Virtually every Judean city was ransacked in B.C. 701 by the invading Assyrian army. The destruction will be so severe that the women will beat upon their breasts as a sign of sorrow. The land that they have loved and from which they have enjoyed so much bounty shall be forsaken. Listen to this. Rise up, you women who are at easy. Hear my voice, you complacent daughters. Give ear to my speech. Isaiah 32, verse 9. Why does he say this? He speaks to these women. And he calls them, you are at easy, you are complacent. Why? Well, because naturally women are more sensitive than men. And they sense danger before a man does. <laughs> My friend, every man before he goes into business partnership or any kind of partnership, you should let that person meet his wife so that you can have the opinion of your wife. Why? Because your wife is apt to give you a true evaluation of the nature of your partner or the character of your partner. Now, God says that in the days prior to the tribulation period, Women will become so insensible that they will not recognize the danger that is coming. You see the point here? Even those people who are more sensitive will become complacent, will be at easy. They would have been duped and fooled, cowed into thinking that everything is all right. Almost the words of saying, peace, peace, peace when there is no peace at all. It is quite interesting that there will be women living in pleasure in that time to such an extent that they will have no sense of the coming judgment. That is the tragedy on the history of men, people who used to feel that they are accountable for the sins that they have committed are becoming more and more callous, becoming more and more insensitive to the truth of God, meaning to say that their spirits, their hearts are not even prompted by the working of the Spirit of God anymore. And because of that, we actually need the Spirit of God in that day to once again even speak to people. Thus the promise of the Spirit. We come now to the third division, the promise of the Spirit to be poured out in the last days. As always, the prophet immediately turns from this picture of devastation to beam a ray of hope upon the scene. 
Isaiah 32 verse 15. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. Now here is a case where you need to pay attention to the development of prophecy in the word of God. When will the Spirit of God be poured out? The Spirit of God will be poured out during the millennial kingdom when Christ is reigning. That is going to be the greatest time of spiritual blessing and the greatest time of turning to Christ, for at that time he will be reigning in person. Now that doesn't mean that every knee is going to bow to him at that time. Every knee will bow to him eventually. But the kingdom will be a time of testing. Joel mentions it here. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my main servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to verse 29. Now, this looks forward to the coming kingdom. This prophecy was not actually fulfilled at the day of Pentecost or any time since then, as some people claim. When we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 15 to verse 21, Peter quotes from Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and he explains the passage clearly. Peter did not say that Pentecost was a fulfillment of the prophecy in Joel, but that Pentecost was similar to what Joel described. The people who were filled with the Holy Spirit in Peter's day were ridiculed as being drunk early in the morning. Now, that could happen in Johannesburg, that could happen in Harare or in Nairobi today. But people did not get drunk in the morning in Peter's day. Peter was saying that what was happening at Pentecost was similar to what would take place during the great millennial kingdom. What Joel and Peter described will take place during the kingdom age when the Lord Jesus will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. On the day of Pentecost, it was poured out on only a few people, but it was similar to that which would occur during the millennium. Joel's prediction was a tremendous phenomenon. Actually, in Joel chapter 2, verse 30 to verse 31, we hear these words, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. My friend, these tremendous signs have never taken place yet. Notice also that Joel predicted your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Today, our young men are not fulfilling this prophecy at all. And our old men are actually in retirement. 
These things did not happen on the day of Pentecost. Neither are they happening today. This prophecy looks forward to the coming kingdom. There is always a danger of pulling out a verse of scripture and trying to build on them a system of prophecy. We are just to let the word of God speak to us, line upon line, precept upon precept, as he wants us to do. This is the way God gives it to us. Here is Isaiah chapter 32, verse 16 to verse 20. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. Though hail comes down on the forest, and the city is brought low in humiliation, blessed are you who saw beside all waters, who send out freely the feet of the ox and the donkey. Now, my friend, Perhaps, like many people, you think of the countryside as a gentle, quiet refuge from the complications of urban life. However, in Bible times, rural areas were generally places without law and order, where everyone did what was right in his own eyes, as the description of Judges 21 verse 25 shows. It was the city that tended to offer peace and protection and maybe a strict adherence to law and order. For that reason, Isaiah's vision of justice in the wilderness in verse 16 of Isaiah 32 was a remarkable promise. The key to the transformation would be the presence of God, which is in verse 15. That where there was lawlessness and disorder, there will be peace, particularly out there in the wilderness or even in the rural areas. However, the Spirit of God would not impose God's peace on unwilling people. Rather, peace would be the fruit of seeds sown in righteousness, as verse 17 shows. The Lord challenged the complacent women of Judah to cry, to wail for the woeful consequences that would befall their corrupt, escapist society. However, God promised to intervene. The city would be secure, not because of its walls, but because of the spirit who would defend it. Whether or not you live in urban areas, Isaiah's vision of God's peace is instructive here. As you sow the seeds of righteousness in your community, you give the Spirit of God an opportunity to bring a blessing on you and on your neighbors. Those seeds may involve feeding the hungry, shutting down a business based on immorality, such as bars or even a brothel, or simply praying for your civic leaders, or even coming to defend the rights of the undefended, even coming as the light of the world, 
as the salt, preserving the rot and the corruption, while at the same time seasoning your society wherever you are. Whatever action you take, my friend, know that the Spirit of God can multiply your efforts many times. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. James chapter 3 verse 18. What an admonition for you and me and all of us we are called upon to produce that fruit of righteousness. Be the light. In fact, the Bible says you are the light. You are the salt. It does not say you are like the light. You are like the salt. You are. That's what you, you ought to be. Because the early disciples heeded that calling. You know what? They have brought to us. They handed down to us the salt that we taste. Oh, taste and see how good the Lord is. Isn't it wonderful to enjoy your walk with God? But know that that salt was passed on to you. But also they gave us the light that we see. Christ is the light of the world. We as his followers ought to be his luminaries like stars in the world. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 7264144475 from within south africa it's 0726414475